Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend, Cody Frankel. Hope everyone had a great Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. We got a great interview today with Sean Avery, but before I go any further, I'm going to send it over to my pal, Cody Frankel. Cody, what's going on, dude? How was your weekend? What up? What up? Uh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good, except for the game on Sunday. kind of sucked. I was there. <laughs> um but no it was, all in all it was a good weekend i'm i'm hyped for this interview with sean it's a good one and uh yeah man that's uh that's it <laughs> that's it i also want to send a, a quick apology to anyone who's going to come to my event on sunday uh we had to postpone it last week i don't know if everyone saw we you know we refunded everybody that bought a ticket but i didn't get refunded you didn't buy a ticket because you're a scumbag and a shit friend no i, no, I bought it i bought oh, you ticket. actually did you didn't yeah, get refunded no, I didn't get refunded. Can you Venmo you de- me? You definitely got refunded. Did you even buy a ticket? No, I didn't buy a ticket. Yeah, I didn't think you did. You scumbag. I could have had you going for a while. And yeah, I you could have. I wonder if I could have convinced you to Venmo me. It was very stressful. I probably would have Venmoed you. But, uh, you know, aside from Cody's immaturity, just wanted to thank everybody that, you know, wasn't going to come support. We're looking into another date to try to make this thing happen. There was unfortunate ice conditions where one side of the ice kind of caved in. And if mm. someone ran into the boards the wrong way, the whole ice could have cracked and it just wasn't safe to play hockey on so instead instead of stressing out the day of i was kind of just like you know what let's just call it because you know the worst thing that could happen is someone you know at like two or three o'clock in the middle of this thing break like ruins the ice and then the whole thing is kind of ruined so dude the ice would have turned into like a sinkhole if it just went through and like it would have been crazy especially if it was you that got hit and just like sinkhole demayo went into a sinkhole (laughs) and you know, that was the demise of Johnny Lazarus. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I got a lot of the jokes like the fire fest of hockey festivals or whatever, you know, the jokes were, which is understandable because, you know, we hyped this thing up. And then, you know, I, I like literally posted on Instagram, like two, t- two teams left, like, but make sure you get your team in. And then like 12 hours later, oh, sorry, but uh, we're postponing it. That's so. the worst, dude. In, yeah. in college, um, there was there was this not rival fraternity, but another fraternity who like made this they were very new at uri and they just made they just like made it on campus and they somehow got like afrojack to come um (laughs) no we we had uri had honestly the best concerts like Mm -hmm. like we got everybody known to man so but whatever anyway so they got afrojack to come and hyped it up i mean i kid you not they like wrote on chalk throughout the campus like on the floors Mm -hmm. like posters on the wall like went with microphones around campus like just ridiculous dude it got canceled bro everybody for the rest of and i think this was maybe my sophomore year so like three more years of me being there i think everybody i know just like shat on them for yeah dude rightfully so rightfully so like that's kind of how i felt having to postpone but you know it sucks but uh you know yeah we're looking for another date so hopefully we figure that out but yeah i mean do you want to dive into some ranger stuff yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we, I think we have to start with the stars game, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll, I'm just gonna say off the bat before you make fun of me. I was out uh, with work people for a happy hour, and I only saw the last five minutes of the game and overtime. 
and I was fucking hammered. So I, I don't really have much to say about the game aside from those last five minutes. So you just kicked it off and, you know, we'll talk about obviously that crazy ending. Yeah. I mean, it was a great game. Um, Johnny gets really defensive when I call him out <laughs> for not watching the game. Well, I also um, told you, I was like, I actually haven't watched the game. I literally just got home. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, no, it was, it was a good game, man. Like, you know, their goalie looked good. Our goalie looked good. It was a lot, a lot of shots back and forth. Um, you know, the goal that's squeaked by Igor can't even, can't even complain. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's nothing else to it. Like it, it looked like, you know, you watch those last five minutes, but I mean, two minutes left when we pulled the goalie, you know, things obviously weren't going our way, whatever time's winding down 20 seconds. It looked like 99 out of a hundred times, any other game where we're just going to lose, you know, obviously aside from the Ryan lingering goal against the Sabres last well, year. That was also a, that was a tied game though. That was yes, a that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I feel like 99 out of a hundred times, we're just like, all right, we played a good game. We lost. And man, I mean, if you want to talk about no quit, holy cow. That, you know, every, every Panarin had the puck, and I, I guarantee you nine out of ten people were screaming, shoot the puck, shoot the puck. You don't know what you're doing because I feel like Panarin always gets yelled at for that. Dude, he just like – it got kicked out to Miller. Miller. Miller took the shot. It got blocked. And then just to have the courage to just shoot it right back a second time I think is huge, especially for a defenseman. Well, he had no other option. There was one second I left. know. I, but dude, you say that, but like four out of five overtime games, I feel like with time winding down, we don't get a shot off. Like, well, I, well, dude, honestly, I'm still a little critical of that goal because you know until like nine seconds left, Panarin just kind of threw the puck at the net from the corner, but they didn't really get many shots in the last like 45 seconds. Well, like they were being they- a little too cute, looking for that perfect shot, and then yeah. it got to like 10, nine seconds left. Panarin just throws it toward the net. And the puck just like kind of bounces back to Miller. Luckily, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that's that's true, but it, it's it not was, how they drew it up. It was, yeah, no. But it was, it was unreal. And I mean, it was the shot was on the money from Key. And then mm-hmm. in overtime, we dominated from start to finish. I mean, I don't think we we maybe lost the puck for a second and a half, and then just got it back from that pick the pocket. I think it was Mika who picked the pocket, which was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just it was just great. Like it was, it was great. That game gave you all the feels from like pure low to high love of hockey. And, and I, I mean, I loved it. Yeah. And, and that overtime goal, like, you know, similar to what we're going to talk about that Ryan lingering goal from last year against Buffalo, you know, it's obviously coming up because those are the two, like, you know, buzzer beater goals in recent history, but yeah, Adam Fox, man, you got to talk about how well he reads the play. You know, Foxy understands that there's some open space in that little scramble with Zabana and and Panarin. And he comes in, gets the puck, and then outweights, makes that great patient move to outweight Ottinger and throw it in that empty net. But Fox knows too, like, hey, I'm the last man back. Like, I got to be sure that if I'm jumping into this, I'm at least getting a shot on net. Like, we yeah. saw it, you know, you know, we've seen it so many times with Adam where he'll read that play so well. Like, you know, he's, he's an aggressive offensive defenseman, mm-hmm. but he also understands that as the last guy back, like, if he doesn't score that goal, the chances are that Dallas is coming down on like a 2 on 0 or breakaway. So, yeah. You know, got to give kudos to him because he made that read to join the play and, and he obviously ends up finishing it. And, you know, not a lot of defensemen really have the balls to, to do that in an overtime scenario. So, totally. 
you know, great on Foxy to read that play. And, and yeah, man, the not, videos, I, not only that dude, but that goal was fucking sick. Bro. Yeah. It's so nasty. It was disgusting. So nasty. And like Panarin selling harder than Fox. Like you gotta yeah. love that too. That was yeah. awesome. But you know, like you said, just there aren't many buildings in professional sports that have that loud of a roar, you know, yeah. halfway through a season in the, in the regular season like that. Like it was, I was watching the, those videos all day the next day. Like it was so awesome to watch. Yeah. Well, you know, it's crazy. It, it's kind of like, you can see both sides of the coin because I was at the Habs game and I mean, mm -hmm. you could, you could literally hear a pin drop. I mean, it yeah. was, that it was, it, it, it was dead silent for 85% of the game. Um, and it sucks because, you know, I, I went with my whole family and, and it was just like a terrible game Goal. to be at. Yeah. Yeah. It goals. was, I mean, it just was a night ruiner. The team was flat and, you know, transitioning a little bit to this game. In the first, we didn't play that well. In the second, I thought we played fantastic. And then in the third, we were just terrible. Um, we, you know, I, I mean, it's it's tough. I, I understand we definitely had some sickness going around, right? Like Crowder yeah. didn't play. Um, obviously, Gautier. There were, yeah, Gautier didn't play. Panarin and and I think Heedle like were both sick with the stomach bug too, but played anyways. Mm -hmm. So you know, we we definitely had some form of uh of dullness and, and and sickness going on on the team but you can't be giving up two points to the habs man i mean the last yeah. place team in, in in their division you you gotta find a way to come away with two points there and if not two points at least go to ot and and, and lose or something um because those are two points like in a couple months you're gonna be wishing you had those back if if those two points come to bite you and this is a perfect game like Igor played it, dude. Igor played unreal yesterday. I mean, he was making kick saves, stick saves, any kind of save you can imagine he made yesterday. And I feel bad for him because he deserved to win yesterday. There's no doubt about it. So to that point, I think a big cause of concern right now for the Rangers, and I know Kreider's out. Um, I'm just talking, you know, I'm following up to your game analysis here against Montreal, but the Rangers power play has been terrible. Abysmal. Abysmal. They're it's, I think they're one for their last fourteen. Yeah, it's um, bad. they haven't scored in four straight games. And I and I saw a crazy stat on Twitter this past week, and I hate doing this because I, I like to credit where I see stuff, but I actually just forgot who said this. Um, the Rangers' last overtime power play goal was the Winter Classic when JT Miller scored, Holy and they've had they've had a lot of uh, power plays in overtime. I feel like this season, not yeah. even you know in the past couple of years, but this season alone. Um, yeah. And the power play they had against Montreal or no, no, not Montreal. They had a power play against Dallas, I think, or maybe the overtime. Was, was there a different overtime where their power play in overtime was just terrible? Who was the, the shootout? Again? Yeah, dude, it was that. It was, uh, it was the game before it was the, uh, there was a yeah. shootout recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, was it Minnesota. It was Minnesota, it was Minnesota, Minnesota. Yeah. We, yeah. Minnesota. We had a power play. That was terrible. Um, and no dude, did we have a power play against the devils too? And it was horrible. In overtime, yeah, yeah, because we lost to the Devils four to three in OT two. I think it happened twice. That sounds uh, right. Because oh wait, God. did we? No, because didn't we win against? No, no, dude, we won against Minnesota with on a, on the power play in a no? shootout. No, in a shootout. Oh my God, dude, it's it's all yeah, Panarin, together. A Panarin backhand shootout. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's automatic. Also, we should say that we are recording prior to the Columbus Blue Jackets game, just for context. 
I'm also watching the last 12 seconds of the Knicks game right now. It's tied at 108 apiece. Get your so priorities straight, bro. If you hear me, if you hear me react right now, it's because I'm watching the Knicks. In other areas for the Rangers, you know. Well, I wanna yeah. I wanna jump in there for a second because yeah. um and going back to Kreider a little bit, I, I don't know if you agree with this. Um, but to me, it has never been more evident that this team needs a scorer. I, I, I think we like even going on the power play, like we really do go as Mika and Kreider take us. I mean, the fact that they're the only two guys on this team with over 15 goals at this point in the season. And, you know, I, I think third might be Panarin with like 11. It's a problem. Like it's a problem. And I was looking at some of these other contenders, you know, I was looking at Boston. I was looking at the Leafs. I was looking at Tampa. Like a lot of these other teams have have like four or five guys with over 15 goals right now and and to mm. me it's just it's just so evident this team needs to make a move for a scorer and like that is their one glaring missing piece to me and and it, if somehow Drury can just like craft something up and and get the right guy in here who blends in perfectly and and is just like a power essentially like a power forward of the NHL just just scoring goals i mean it's it's just mind blowing to me. Like it's mind blowing to me without these two guys making moves and and like making noise in a game. Like this team's just flat. You want to hear a name who who the Rangers could use? Who no. I don't think I've ever mentioned to you before. Who would fit in perfectly in terms of scoring goals? Bo Horvat, man. I knew you were gonna say Bo Horvat, dude. He has thirty goals that. right now. Yeah, he's on fire. He's, he's a leader. Obviously, he's the captain on the Canucks and. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's definitely on the move. He's going it, somewhere. It has, yeah. I mean, to me, like that's a guy right there. And I, I don't know what it would cost to get him. Um, probably a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, I've bitched about Tarasenko for a long time. And then there's other guys like Timo Meyer too, who would fit in really well. But, you know, obviously the cap's a concern, whatever, but like, mm-hmm. dude, Bo Horvat to me is, I feel like, this, I feel like this would be a no, no brainer type of move if, if we can get it done. And like, the guy has 30 goals. He's on pace for over 50 goals this season. Like he's, he's the kind of guy you want to slide in there on, on that top line or second line and just be an automatic goal. I don't know. Well, here's the issue. Bo Horvat plays center. So that is true, but we've said this from the start. If somebody's going the other way, you know, it's going to be Heedle. I mean, it's, I, I think there is, a, it, it's a lot like as much as I want to keep Heedle now. And, and I think, you know, this guy, this kid deserves a new contract. There's mm. absolutely no doubt about it to me. I ran through the numbers the other day with with my buddy Adam, who you know, yep. and and they they can't afford all three. Like it's just yeah. it's it's impossible. So they need to. Keandre's Keandre's a done deal at this point. Like he's a done deal. He's he's mm. coming back for sure. And you know we we spoke with NRD about it. He doesn't think Laffy's getting moved. He thinks it's a non-starter. Fine. If that's the case. Heedles the odd man out. There's nothing we can do about it. Like there's, there's no way this team can just randomly get this cat and, you know, re-sign Heedle unless true Burr Criders move. That's the only mm-hmm. way. And that's obviously not happening. Like fans can say what they want about Truba. We just named him captain this year. He's, he's not getting moved. It's just not happening. No, I agree. Um, also RJ Barrett's with the sickest fucking game tying dunk with 0.6 seconds left. And so I held it. I held it. My, they I held it. My what? excitement. Huh? Did they win or what? I just said game tying dunk. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but to your point, do you want to go into fan questions? Because we have a lot, and I feel like a lot of the questions that we're going to talk about, yeah, you know, will, will be answered through yeah. this. As long um, as there's a ton of trade questions. 
definitely our most popular week of fan questions that we've gotten like i think 19 to 20 of them and we had to narrow it down so apologies if we don't say your question okay. um we try to get to all the good ones so uh, we'll start out here with rami lavi and this was you know relevant to what cody and i were talking about a minute ago but how much do you think no Kreider contributed to the lack of scoring the last two games a lot a lot i mean he's like i said he's one of the two guys on this team who scores goals and yeah you have a couple guys who have over 10 goals but you know, when you when you only have two players you really can rely on to be shoot first, pass later, um, you know, it, it it shows. It shows when one of them's missing. I think that's that's like all I gotta say on that. I don't think it has so much to do with the lack of scoring. You know, like we said, I think uh what was two games ago against the stars when they yeah. played Jake Ottinger's and one of the best goalies in the league, like whether Crider's in that game or not, I don't think the result is that much different. Mm-hmm. Um a game like Montreal. You know, I think you definitely need a guy like Kreider because, you know, like we said, he is a leader and he's, you know, maybe a guy who's just going to even say something and, and wake the team up and, and maybe even just get a scoring chance to help momentum. Um, so I think Kreider in a game like that, definitely a huge absence. Okay. And you can say the same in the Stars game, but I think the Stars game is a little less just because, you know, th- there's not much you can do against Jake Ottinger, who's been, you know, absolutely outstanding this season. But in a game like Montreal, like you need, you need your goal scorers, like, there's no reason why the Rangers should lose two to one to Montreal on home ice. Like there's no excuse for that. Agreed. Uh, let's go into the next one. Sammy hockey 36. And this has to do with Montreal. Also was Cole Caulfield, the steal of the 2019 draft. Also, when are we trading Blay? So I, Cody, I feel like you want to take the Blay part first and then go yeah. into Caulfield. Yeah. I mean, what can you get for Sammy Blay at this point? <laughs> like what, what can you get for a guy who's yeah. played, 50 plus games and hasn't scored a goal. Um, like, I'd say similar to the Reeves trade, like a fifth round I, pick. I would, dude, I was going to say no. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say similar to what just, what we just did with uh, Lashushin or however you say his name. You put mm-hmm. him on waivers and some team's going to pick him up. Like that's, that's what you do for a guy who has no goals. I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't, he, he really doesn't contribute that much. And it's no slight to him. I mean, even though it is a slight at him, like I, I just don't think, I just don't think you're going to get much of any. Like maybe a sixth round pick, seventh round pick. I mean, I don't know. There's no answer. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, that's there's really not. But uh, to the first part of the question about Cole Caulfield, he was the 15th overall pick in that 2019 draft. Just to remind everybody, the first three was Jack Hughes, Capocaco, Kirby Doc. You know, there's some good names up there, Byron, like Turka, n- number eight. I think, you know, to the Oilers was Philip Broberg, a mm-hmm. defenseman. Mm-hmm. Zegers was nine. I would take I'd take Caulfield over Zegers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think Caulfield, you know, he was also drafted before he had that incredible Hobie Baker season. But yeah. you know, obviously he's like a scout's nightmare. He's not very tall. He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. Uh-huh. But man, he can score goals like at will. If he's left wide open, like he will put the puck in the back of the net. He's had twenty six goals this year, yeah. ten assists, so not you know. Not putting up know. incredible numbers. I don't know if I take him over Zegris, honestly. Really? Yeah, dude, dude Zegris has 32 points. Caulfield, I think, has 35. I mean, I know Caulfield obviously has more goals, but I don't know. I mean, Zegris broke out last year and he had over he had 23 goals, 38 assists, 61 points. Um, I think he's only getting better. Would you rather have Zegris on this team or Caulfield? Zegris, dude. I think really? oh, okay, okay. What, on You're saying team, we need a goal scorer. No, no, no. Okay, you know? okay. On this team right now who fits our needs at this exact moment, yes, I would take Cole Caulfield. If you're mm-hmm. asking me in 2019, the kind of 
guy we needed on this team, I, I would say Zegris. So I think I think it's a little, you know, wishy-washy, whatever, but either one of them I, I would take on this team right now. Um mm-hmm. there were there were a couple other uh there were a couple other good good late guys in that draft too, right? I'm trying to think who else. Connor McMichael with Washington, he's been pretty solid. Um Peyton Krebs, Krebs. Alex Newhook. Yeah, uh, Spencer Knight, Matt Boldy, who just signed that big deal today. Yeah, Boldy, I was thinking of. He he's pretty good. Oh no, no, you know who I was thinking of too? Uh, Tomasino on Nashville. He's sick. Where do you think? Uh, where do you think Kako goes? No, I was gonna say, where do you think Kako goes if you did a redraft? Like right now, I I still, I still see all he'd the be top ten. I still think he'd be top. 10. Yeah, I I still see all the upside to Kako. Like Damn. agreed. I I st- I think he'd go around eighth, seventh or eighth, something like that. It also depends who's drafting. Like there are a lot of people who hate on him and there's a lot of people Fair. who still love him. So like, Fair. you know, it's going to, that's going to be hit or miss, but yeah, I let's see go the, the next one. You know, is this team good? I mean, I think we can touch on it if you want. I think yeah. this team is good. I think this team is good. And I think this team is very fucking good. And I think they're one piece away from truly being an, an S tier team. And I, I, I think that's a goal scorer. I think if, you know, you, you see the upside on guys like Kako. You see what Heedle's doing. You see how good Keandre and Braden Schneider are becoming. Um, you you hope Laugh gets there, and and you have your stars. And Igor's back to prime form. He's playing unbelievable. Panarin's playing unbelievable. M- Mika, Johnny said, only has six even strength goals. I think those even strength goals will come. I think he has the deadliest one-timer in, in the league, top two at least. And I, I think this team has so much upside. I think the definition is going to be, is this team great? And I think that purely relies on Chris Drury come trade deadline. And, and that's going to really show you what you have with this team, you know, come playoffs. But I think absolutely this team's a good team. So just for a little stats, and, and this question actually want to credit the person who asked. This came from Pink Leonardo. Uh, I think this is a new question asker. But the Rangers right now, you know, as we're recording, sit in 11th in the entire NHL. So, like, I'd say that's a good team. But to your point, I, I wouldn't say this is a great team. You know, they're not very consistent. And I think that's the biggest issue is finding that consistency. And that's something that, you know, Gerard Gallant. That's what, what I said. We're not, we're not great yet. That's what I said. Yeah. 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 And, and that's something that, you know, Gerard Gallant has hyped on is that he needs to find the consistency. And that's why he makes all these lineup changes. Because, I mean, listen, that's not going to help the case for consistency, I don't think. But yeah. You know, that's been the the theme, I think, of this season is, is just finding that consistent level, which they had last year. So, yes, team is good. Not great. The next one is from Pete Maloney, 82. Do you think Keandre Miller and Fox should be in the same line instead of Fox Lindgren? Yeah, so I, I definitely want to touch on this one because I, I was going to say something to you before, but then obviously saw this question. Keandre Miller and Adam Fox could be a staple on this team for the next 15 years. And I could see both of these two players being in their blue shirts uniforms for their entire career. Um, you know, if, if we lock up Keandre and, and decide to pursue that route, uh, I think these two, two kids are incredible. Uh, quite frankly, I think they're only getting better, which is insane. Keandre still has so much upside offensively and you're starting to finally see it. I think he has like seven points in his last six games or something like that. Uh, he, he's, he's getting there and obviously we know what Foxy can do. I can't think of another like recent Rangers comparison to having two D players this good 
Like, I, I don't know. Like, who would you compare this to? I, I think the last, like, esque type of players this well, like, like Leach when he, like, when he was paired with Patrick, obviously Leach is, Fox is going to get Leach comparisons because he's doing things Leach has done. And, you know, Keandre's not as good offensively as Patrick was for the Rangers, but mm-hmm. he can get there. I mean, he can, he can definitely get there and he for sure is as good defensively. So like, I, 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 could we ever see these two paired up? Like, I hope so. I mean, I think, you know, I think Keandre has done everything right. I think he absolutely deserves to have that chance to top pair. Um, that being said, coaches in our lifetime, you know, as, as, as we, from when we were kids to now, like watching the Rangers, I feel like they've always gone for balance as opposed to, you know, top dogs and, and attacking at once. So like, you know, you saw it with, uh, you know, you saw it before Fox was a Ranger. You see it now when Fox is a Ranger. And I just feel like they like to have Keandre on a different pair for balance purposes, as opposed to like putting Keandre and Fox together. That being said, I think if you put them together, they would be absolutely electric. To your point, I think the only problem is if you have Fox and Miller playing together and you have like Lingren and Truba playing together, Fox and Fox and Miller are by far the two best defensemen at breaking the puck out of the defensive zone. So yeah, like, like they're the only two that can really, you know, make that simple play to get it out. Keandre does it with his legs and Fox does it with his IQ and his passing ability. Like, you know, I, like I, I put Keandre at one of the top defensemen in the league at being able to skate mm-hmm. the puck out of his own zone. So like with that said, I just don't think it makes sense to have them together because then you're just sewering that next line with Lingard and Truba who, you know, let's face it, aren't the most skilled players. They're not really going to, break the puck out themselves like Fox or Keandre could. So, you know, I thought you actually broke down really well. And, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with balance. Obviously if Fox and Miller were a pair, mm-hmm. it'd be pretty fucking awesome to watch, but it just doesn't make sense for the the depth of, of the team. Yeah. And also I have something to say because do you know, Jay fresh, the, the, I've uh, seen him. Yeah. Dude, tra- big that, chart guy. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy's charts. Okay. <laughs> because, he had, and granted, this was like a month ago, but still, he had Keandre Miller as the 54th best NHL defenseman. If you can find 53 other NHL defensemen better than Keandre Miller, I dare you to Instagram message me all 53, <laughs> and I'll fucking buy you a steak dinner because that's bullshit, okay? That chart is BS. Keandre Miller is without a doubt a top 40 top 35 defensemen in the league, in my opinion. And I think his upside is easily he could be top 20 if if the offensive ability gets there. I mean, the, the way this guy locks down players defensively is insane. I don't know if you saw against the Habs. Um, they were up two to one yesterday or the breakaway. Yeah. And and Keandre hunted him down and stopped mm. like other guys can't do that. I don't even know if Fox would be able to do that. Keandre right. did also make a couple mistakes though in that game. That sure, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, like that Caulfield goal was kind of on Keandre. Right? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm just saying. I think this kid is an absolute stud, and you know, I'm a little upset I got Lafreniere's jersey instead of his. But we mm-hmm. won't talk about that here. What we'll talk about is Keandre is legit, and yeah, no, I agree with what you said. And yeah, that's all I have to say. So <laughs> fuck that guy's charts. This one's all for Cody. From NY Rocky 93. Lots of talk in the BY chat, which is Blue York, about Miller's ascension. What's the midseason prediction from CF2? I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. You got to lock him up long-term. I mean, do you get him at six years, five million per? 
six I five, mean, six times five, five you, times. You know better than me. I think I think that would be uh, you know I think that would be the move. I I did I did the math for those asking, <laughs> and after replacing everybody who's going to be gone this off season, calling up let's say Othman and you know Cooley or or someone else, whatever, and and all that jazz. We have between Lafreniere, Keandre, and Heedle about $8.7 million. So that being said, if you give $5 million-ish to Keandre, you have about you know three and a half to 3.7, and, and they're not going to use all their caps. So let's call it like 3.3 to 3.5 for either Lafreniere or Heedle. So mm-hmm. that being said... Heedle's not signing a $3.3 million deal. I think he's easily played himself into, you know, four plus at least. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to say six years, 5 million per for, for key, the man. And while we're on the Keandre Miller topic, next question from Perry Kunavelis, Lingren buzzer beater or Miller buzzer beater. I got to say, I got to say Miller personally. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I mean, it was, it was sick and it, it all, it's also more fresh in your mind. Um, and you know, if it's it was against a way better team than the Sabers, so it's. And I also think it was like a game tying goal, yeah. or like tying a game. I feel like is way more exciting than than almost winning a game, if that makes sense. Because yeah. you go from that low to high, yeah. You know, yeah. And um, sending it to overtime is like, you know, and the, and the way they won it in overtime too obviously yeah. helps. But like, yeah. I think that Buffalo game, like, it was more of a. Like, oh, my God, like a shock than like a holy shit, you know? Well, also, like, the fact that it was a game-tying goal, like, I was so amped that I didn't even care if we lost and still walked away with the yeah. point. I was yeah. just so happy. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Keandre. I agree. Uh, let's go to the next one from Legendary74. Cool. Would you consider a trade involving Laffy for Wright, Unite, Wright, and Othman? Othman's not um, even here yet, but. I know. I mean, all right. There's there's two ways to look at this. I like to think Lafreniere still has so much upside. That being said, like I don't know if he's gonna hit that upside as a New York Ranger. Um, I hope he does. I really do. I, I think right now many people probably would say they would trade Laffy for Wright. I don't think any Kraken fan would say I'm trading Wright for Laffy. So if you wanna, you know, if you wanna switch switch it up a little bit and and kind of look at from their point of view, like I, I think it's a non-starter. Um, I don't think they would ever do that. Um, that being said, yeah, that would be sick. But also, I really want Lafreniere to be good, and I'm, I'm, you know, I have my fingers crossed that this kid's going to break out for us, and I'm really hoping he is. So I, I'm riding with my man for now, and I'm, I'm saying no, just because I am saying no. I agree, and I'm also going to stick to the. We don't need like another young center. I feel like you know. Um, yeah. Like Shane Wright, like he could be a great player, but I think the center position right now is somewhat established for the Rangers. It's more about building that, you know, right wing weakness and, and strengthening, you know, like you said, that if you want to give me Maddie secondary Maddie, scoring, I'll take huh? that young center. I mean, yeah, like there's obviously some different, you know, scenarios where we, we would take a young center. Um, oh my God. I don't Knicks, see how. Knicks. I don't. Sorry, go ahead. Jalen Brunson for three. Oh, okay. right. fucking miss. And they just lost. Hey, Johnny, no one cares. Um, Sorry. All right. No, it's good. Um, I was going to say, I don't see how, how Shane Wright's going to be better than 
Matty Beniers in his in his first year. No, like, that, that so. kid Beniers is tearing it up. Dude, that kid is unreal. Yeah, he's um, on fire. And and that's just another like example. I feel like if Lafreniere was on the Kraken, he would be fucking tearing it up too because he would be the guy they look at. Like they, oh, they're pretty good right now. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm just saying, like you know, they don't really have any other stars. I mean, they have a couple good players, but they don't really have any other stars. So I'm just saying. But all right, next. The last one, and this is a great one, and I'm curious who you're going to say. From Bam Daniels, if you could inject Gabrick, St. Louis, Drury, or Richards into this team, who would you pick? So a couple questions for you. One, this team right now, like today, what we need, or like this team in general? What the fuck? What? So like this right now needs a scorer. So I'm obviously going to go with the best scorer of the four, but I'm saying, or, or do you just mean like the best player for this team, you know, for the next 10 years, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but well, I you don't think 10 years, maybe like dude, three big picture, bro. Big picture. Um, that's a right. huge picture. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. Um, hmm. that's a tough one. All right. And I have one more question for you. Are we mm-hmm. talking about prime Marty St. Louis or Rangers Marty St. Louis? Ra- Rangers for all four of them. Okay. So Rangers for all four of them. To me, it's a no-brainer. It's Marion Gabrick. That's what I was thinking also. I think yeah. he just adds to the team speed too. Like think about how fast the game yeah. is right now. Like Gabrick is by far yeah. the fastest of the four of them. Yeah. I mean, um, if you're yeah, if you're going ever, I would say Marty St. Louis. I was also oh really? I was also yeah. thinking, well, I mean, he had the best career of all four of them, I would say. But like I, a part of me was thinking Drury too, because Drury killed penalties. He was a great power play guy, like a you know, pretty strong center, like you know, it's it's different because like we had Gabrick early on, so like yeah. we saw how freaking good he was, and it's forty like, goals, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's no, that's a really good question, but yeah, I, I mean, I would say Gabrick, Gabrick. If we could have Gabrick on this team right now, I truly do believe this team would win the cup. So, I don't think they would win the cup, but I think they'd be much. Oh better. Oh my god! So what? So who do they need besides Connor McDavid to win the cup, Jonathan? They could get Patrick Kane, and I'm still not, or or whoever, like. Any left winger right now, or right winger, or defenseman that we need to add, but I watched the Boston Bruins play, and there's no way they would beat that team in a seven game series. I disagree, and I'm going to tell you why. Because why? I think the Boston Bruins are significantly overperforming right now. It's the same team as last year. Okay, number one, two, Allmark. Yeah, he's having an unbelievable season. I just don't think he can keep that up. I don't well, think he everyone, can keep it up. that's what everyone said about Igor last year. Well, well. Sure, but Olmark's been in the league a couple years. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I just I look at their stats, I look at their team. Like Pasta's carrying that team right now. I think he has like 60 points, and after that, the he's next question is like 30 points. Like, dude, he's carrying that team right now, and pasta's unreal, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think they can keep it up. And a perfect example, and you can relate to this, and I can relate to this. I'm a big Yankee fan. The Yankees were on fucking pace to be the best team ever ever the first half of the season and then they fizzled out and they still finished with 99 99 wins they were still a really good team but they didn't do shit and and the boston bruins kind of emulate that for me and i just don't think that like i just don't think they like yes they're very vet core but to me they're just like i look at their team and yeah they have an unreal top line i just don't see it i don't know i just don't see it personally i think i wouldn't be surprised if they go on a tear still ruin everybody in the regular season and lose in the first round. And that's my hot take. 
That's that's definitely a very very hot take. Yeah, I I would bet you a lot of money that Boston does not lose in the first round of the playoffs. I bet you would have also bet me a lot of money that year the Lightning ran through everybody and then got upset by the Blue Jackets in round one. So I'm just saying. What was that? What? When the L- Tampa Bay Lightning oh, yeah. destroyed yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody that year, they won the President's Trophy by like 30 points and then literally lost to the Blue Jackets, who were the eight seed in, in round yeah. one. Dude, anything can happen in playoff hockey, and I just think, I don't know, man. I just don't, I, I get it. I get the Bruins are wrecking everybody. I just, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it until it will happen for me. I don't That's know. That's fair. That's fair. Before we do go into this interview with Sean Avery, we do have a couple of things to talk about, and, and one of them is, a really sad thing that happened in Long Beach this past week. Eighteen-year-old uh, Garen Hagen, who was a hockey player, you know, high school hockey player for Long Beach High School, and you know, I think played travel for the Long Island Edge and the Goals, and you know, just a nice kid in the hockey community. Unfortunately, was killed in a crash, and you know, obviously, this like hits home for us. You know, growing up playing hockey on Long Island, like spent a lot of time in Long Beach. Um, you know, it, it's just a uh, a really sad thing. So we just want Cody and I wanted to say that we're thinking of the Hagen family and um, you know, anyone who, who listens to this show that, that knew him or um, you know, lives in Long Beach or, you know, any, any of the above, I guess, you know, these are hard things to talk about, but um, you know, Cody and I just wanted to send like our love to the family and yeah. the Long Beach community. And we, you know, we heard the, uh, the moment of silence before the game yep. against Montreal. And um, you know, obviously this is just such a tragic thing that happened and, um, you know, we're just thinking of all you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that, that stuff is always just so sad. It was really, yeah. it was really nice. They did, uh, you know, a moment of silence yesterday and mm-hmm. obviously, uh, you know, prayers and thoughts out, out, out to the family. So I think I actually saw his sister comment on the Rangers Instagram post, like saying this would have made him so happy, you know, like the, the moment of silence and stuff. So, yeah. um, yeah, at least, you know, there's always hockey and, and the Rangers to like lean on, you know, in those difficult times that we've totally. all been through, you know? So, um, but yeah, um, I know a lot of people, especially us before this podcast, I was feeling pretty tired and, you know, not very productive and I needed something to kind of get my adrenaline going. Oh yeah. And that's why I look to magic mind. A lot of times in the podcast, it's hard for me to listen to Cody because he goes on these stupid rants. So smart. Uh, we, we found the perfect thing and that's magic mind. I'm gonna let Cody talk about it as well really quick. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, consistently working throughout the day, uh, doing these podcasts with you, dealing with you, it, it's mm-hmm. it's not easy. And it requires a lot of focus and a lot of energy. And it could sometimes be hard to get dialed in. And, you know, I found this little shot, Magic Mind, and it, it really helps me focus. It really helps me kind of hone in and and gets me amped up for these episodes. So, yeah, I mean, I love it. I love it. I also, yeah, I, I mean, one more thing to attest to it. Like, you know, I'm one of those guys who wakes up and drinks like three coffees before I really feel awake. So, you know, this thing has really helped me out a lot. I'm actually going to yeah. drink one right now just to show you guys. Oh, look at him chug that. Well, I've actually, I just actually a little drink, shot. Yeah. And I drink a ton of coffee too. And I'm trying to like wean off of that a little bit. So I'm kind of integrating magic mind into my routine here. I'm, I'm going morning coffee and then when I have that 2 p.m. crash, which they say you often get every day, which I do, I started having some Magic Mind shots, and it helps. It helps. So we love Magic Mind, and if you're into it, go to www.magicmind.co slash the blue crew. That's www.magicmind.co co slash the blue crew. You get 56% off of your subscription for the next 10 days with our code BLUE20. That's all capital, B-L-U-E-20, 
So go check out the website and go check out Magic Mind because Cody and I will be taking this probably before every single episode. Yep. And on that note, let us send it to a great interview with the one and only Sean Avery. This week on the Blue Crew, we are very happy to have on my favorite player growing up. Looked up to him for a very long time. Number 16 for the Rangers, the most famous third liner in NHL history. Welcome to the show, number 16, Sean Avery. Sean, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Good, guys. How you guys doing? It's weird Great. seeing you with uh, with the scruff. I've never seen you with a beer before. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll start this off, Aves. Uh, pleasure to have you on. Huge fan, obviously. Um, you know, I know you've been doing some acting, modeling, and a few other endeavors as well since your retirement. But you know, would love to hear a little bit about what you've been up to lately. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess now I'm considered a working actor because um, <laughs> I get paid to do it. Uh, which, you know, is very interesting. But um, I just finished a couple episodes of this uh, new Taylor Sheridan show. I love Taylor Sheridan. Called Lioness, which um, I don't know when it's coming out, but we were in Baltimore shooting that. And now um, I am waiting to start a new job that I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't know. Sometimes some of these things I'm not allowed to say what I'm. Yeah. yeah. You're just a freelancer. <laughs> yeah. I, that's Do you have your SAG? Do you have your SAG AFTRA? I, I have my SAG card, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a fish. Yeah. A fish. I love it. That's why I have the beard. But um, I've been doing a lot of jujitsu too, which is pretty fun. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a problem for some guys. So it's, mm-hmm. it's fun. But it's very cool. I, I highly recommend it to anyone. And it looks like you have a mini Tiger Woods on your hands. I saw that video of your son playing golf the other day. That was a fucking sick putt. That was nasty. He is probably the best two-year-old golfer, I think, in the <laughs> game. Uh, Handicap. I don't know. It's pretty wild. He watches it on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sinks like 20, 30-foot putts, no problem. And he hits 100 balls a couple times a week. <laughs> He chips out of the sand. It's pretty wild. <laughs> and he's oh, two? That's, that's insane. I, I don't know. I think I would rather him play golf than probably anything else. If he's going to be good at something, golf would be the one I'd, I'd want him to be good at. Mm-hmm. Super chill for you. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. But um, yeah, t- I guess tell us a little bit about you know transitioning to hockey here, what it was like going undrafted, um, getting invited to that first camp with Detroit. I think you were at the Traverse City Tournament. Uh, where you eventually landed that contract and getting signed. So, you know, we'd love to hear a little bit about that. Oh, what's interesting now is like, uh, and I, I've watched some of the, the rookie tournaments now mm-hmm. compared to, I guess this was probably 2000. You know, in, the, in 2000, it was like a bloodbath. It was like a war. It, you, you went into these things, certainly I did, undrafted, playing with first rounders, second rounders. And back then, like, the signing bonus for a first rounder was a million bucks. Mm-hmm. Now I think they all get the same amount of money. You know, maybe there's 20 or $30,000 difference between like eight rounds, but yeah, I didn't get drafted. I think, I, I think size was a, was an issue. Maybe they, they thought that I wasn't big enough or maybe they thought that I was, you know, I had a bad attitude or whatever it was. I don't know. But I, I remember going into camp that first rookie camp, really just not giving a fuck about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nothing and, to lose. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I, I don't even think it was it was a nothing to lose mentality. It was like I'm going in there to take every everything I can. You know, it was just yeah, like one of those things because here's here's the funny thing. I, I, I people put so much stock into the draft, but me not getting drafted was the best thing that ever happened to me because for some reason I ended up deciding or finding my way to Detroit's camp, which was the best thing that could ever happen to me because I got to play with those guys on really one of the best teams I think ever assembled. You know, I think the way that I played was was sort of embraced by that organization and by that team, even even the guys running the team, you know, from Ken Holland to, to Jim Devlano to even Scotty, even Bowman when I when I first started playing for the team. So I think it was kind of a perfect storm. I never really apologized for anything. I just went out and played hard. And, and yeah, I mean, at that age, like, I just tried to fuck shit up as much as possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You you did get the nickname The Puppy from them, right? Because uh, you jumped in calling yourself the A-Dog. That was great. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty funny. There's so many stories that uh, – I don't even like remember half of them. I, I I can hear like guys go on podcasts and they tell old stories about shit that happened in the dressing room. And I don't remember anything. <laughs> Doobie told us a funny story when he came on here. He was talking about how Tom Rennie drew something up for video in Florida one time when you were on a line with him and Yager. And like two minutes after video, you walked over to him and you're like, hey, Doobie, fuck that shit. Here's what we're doing. And then Yager, after you spoke to Doobie, was like, nah, fuck what Sean said. Here's what we're doing. And yeah. then Doobie ended up listening to Yager instead. But, uh, yeah. you know, that's one of the stories he told on here. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely want to ask you just, you know, your initial thoughts on being traded to New York, because, you know, I was like a, you know, 10 to 15 year old kid when you were here. And it's not like I uh, definitely admired your playing style, but every time you were on the ice, you know, it was, you know, what's Sean going to do? Like he can get this crowd on their feet you know, with a, honestly, with a goal, with a fight, with a hit, with anything, you did it all. Mm -hmm. So can you just talk about the mentality you took into New York and just, you know, what made the city fall so much in love with you? Because seriously, like, you know, we're in 2023 now and there's still a lot of Avery jerseys around MSG every night. Yeah. I mean, I think the city was a different city at, at that point too. Like 2006, 2000 to 2012 in New York was, was incredible. Like it's a much different city now. It's actually a completely different city. Like mm -hmm. 2006 to 12, Giuliani, and then I think maybe a little bit of that was Bloomberg. The city was safe. The city was, you, you still felt felt like New York had New Yorkers. And, you know, you felt the vibe of, of what it meant to be a Ranger, what it meant to be a Ranger fan, you know, who the people you were playing for are, like, not the suits. The suits are always there. The Wall Street guys, that's part of it for sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the people that come come in on the train from Long Island or Jersey, up in Westchester, you know, where, wherever. It's a different, it's just a different animal. And um, I think it was the first place that <laughs> definitely the majority were, were supportive of, like, the shit show that I was yeah. in. Um, you were a showman. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I don't think, I think uh, that building is meant for showmen. 
that building has a special aura, especially before the renovation. It was even, it, there was even more of a vibe there, but I played for, for New Yorkers. Like, I think that was something that I always played into. And also I got to, you know, we had a great owner and a great general manager who gave me a lot of rope. Like a lot of people want to bag on, on, uh, on Mr. Dolan or on slats, but those are two of the best guys you could ever work for. Yeah, totally. And, and bouncing off of that a little bit, I mean, I'm sure being in New York City as an athlete was unreal, especially when you were part of the team. What was the typical, you know, vibe night out like after a game? And, and did that mood change, like whether it was a win or a loss? Because as a fan, when we lose, I'm like ready to put my hand through a wall. So, yeah, well, the good thing about New York is and, and being an athlete is if you want to blow off steam <laughs> or you want to just celebrate there's, you know, <laughs> I think we would still go to the same place, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't sleep for, for five years for sure. <laughs> and I, I, I remember, yeah, I remember like the off season was, was sort of a quieter time when we would, but oh man, during the season and, and certainly those years, it was pretty wild. I, I don't think there was anyone that could keep up with as far as like, previous athletes or current athletes like i never saw the knicks or or the yankees or mm-hmm. at places that i went to like mm-hmm. you know it was a whole different level of uh man we had a lot of fun and i had a couple of guys that you know were good good running mates and guys would jump in every once in a while and it was a dangerous time i mean you could just you could never go home if you didn't yeah. want to. Just some Sean Avery hat tricks. I was yeah. gonna say, Hank ever go out with you guys? Yeah, every once in a while you get Hank out, and like he's a different animal. Like mm-hmm. he, his level of preparation, and and but he he was always good for one every once in a while. And when he when he went, he'd go pretty hard. You mm-hmm. know, that was a young yeah. Hank. Kids still no kids yet, but it was always fun getting him getting him out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was always like the guys that uh, had kids that lived out, out in Westchester that came in and like, then they just go missing for two days. <laughs> I'm trying to think like, who's the most random ranger that like was the funnest guy to party? Probably Ryan Hallweg. If you if you wound that clock up, <laughs> it was dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to ask uh, about one specific game too that, you know, I remember – you know, pretty distinctly as a kid, I made my dad get tickets actually when you were on the stars and you returned to Madison Square Garden. We've seen, you know, throughout the years, a lot of Rangers that, you know, become ex Rangers come back to MSG and they thrive and they play well. And, you know, they seem to get up a little bit more for those games. But, you know, that night you stepped on the ice and warm ups and the fans were like chanting your name. It was fucking sick. Like the atmosphere was incredible. Can you just talk about, you know, coming back to New York as an ex Ranger and, you know, what those games kind of mean to an athlete? Because we see, you know, these pe- these guys thrive every time they come back. Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, I don't think anybody blamed me for leaving because... Mm-hmm. Signed a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, but Slats always like to overpay guys that shouldn't have got overpaid. And the guys that, you know, like I, I think the previous year, he, he let... Colt Nor go to Toronto and he signed Donald Brashear or something, 
you know, he always made these weird. I don't think anyone blamed me for the situation, but I think what's interesting is I think that same year I ended up playing Dallas, uh, or maybe it was the following year. I think it was the same year. Maybe Dallas when you came back to the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And we like lit up, and I had four points. That <laughs> I don't know. It was such it was such a wild time leaving and then coming back, and then obviously everything that happened to to bring me back. It seemed like it took forever. It was really only a matter of like months. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I started the season in Dallas, and I was playing for New York maybe by January or or even December. I can't remember, but yeah, it was definitely. It was a savior coming back for sure. That's awesome. Um, so you truly became immortalized in the NHL, uh, you know, once they created the Avery rule for that screen on Brodeur. And then not only that, but you scored on him. How easy was it for you each game, like no matter how big the moment, to always just block out any type of noise and, and you know, keeping that tough guy, hard-nosed uh, style of hockey? I always liked it noisier, you know. I think mm-hmm. – uh, got quiet when it got really noisy for me like I wish every game was a playoff game there's just some guys that can embrace that or or you know it's an it's interesting but that rivalry with Brodeur was yeah great and they you know the just the origin story of it which was Mm -hmm. my first game and like playing for the Rangers and going to New Jersey and how close it was and you know it was all so new to me but what I realized right off the bat was like, these two teams don't like each other. There's obviously a long history here. You know, I watched nine four and I remember those years and I remember watching the devil almost destroy hockey with the trap in the early two thousands. So like, I knew that there was something rooted there and I don't know. I, that first game, I was just like, I don't like these fucking guys. (laughs) Maybe I'm going to ignite something that hasn't been, that's been laying dormant for a few years. You lit that series up too. I think you scored in like, what would it go? Five games. I think you scored in at least four of them, right? I think that first year. Yeah. 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 We had it. We played great against them and they had a good team. They had a good team, but something about going into that building and being filled with Ranger fans more than fans. And, you know, it's like, uh, similar to the Islanders games, but uh, we're just closer. It's New Jersey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. makes sense. I want to build off that too. Like, you know, with that rivalry, like you said, the devils, the Islanders, are there any games, you know, from your time in New York that you could think of off the top of your head that you'd want to, you know, relive or either just change the outcome of? Yeah. I mean, I, man, I remember, I remember the speaking of Ryan Hallwig, the Chris Simon slap. That game in Long Island, that was a pretty wild game. That was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> that Coliseum was such a shithole. And, uh, <laughs> it was so bad. At some point, I don't know, it was it was the first year that I was there. We had to win a bunch of games to make the playoffs. And we went on kind of like a run. I don't know, we won like 14 to 17 or something. But I think it would probably be the... Um, Buffalo overtime. Uh, well, no, uh, Drury scored no T to win it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that that tied the series. And then mm-hmm. we went back to Buffalo and lost. I don't know. There's a lot of games, you know. 
we had those, those Rennie years, like we had a really good team. Like I think, um, you know, Nylander, people don't understand how good Michael Nylander was. Like if Nylander played in the NHL today, he would be, man, oh man, he would rip this league up. Yeah. Well, his kid Willie is right now. Yeah, yeah. But even his dad was such, is such a better player than a different, different player. I mean, it's all relative. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I remember those two kids coming out every single day after practice and shooting pucks. Mm-hmm. They, they had to have been nine or 10, but he was a great player. He was a great player to play with. But no, there were so many games, man. So many games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so many of your all time stories obviously came out in the book you wrote, but you know, what's maybe one crazy untold story most people wouldn't know about. I think there was one time, like, I think that I think, uh, I'm pretty sure. Stories uh, are mixed up. (laughs) No, though. There was like, I had a meeting with Tortorella where I think I told him I was going to fucking kill him. (laughs) I think I said, (laughs) Like, don't look in my direction anymore, or <laughs> or I'm gonna fucking kill you. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, like, I'm just gonna ship. I'm gonna just fucking ship bag you in the, in your. <laughs> I'm gonna throw. You. Do you guys keep in touch at all, or no? There's no contact. No. no. Yeah, I and figured. I, I, I'm not. Sh- yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he has relationships with previous players on the previous teams but Mm -hmm. i don't think there was anyone that i think the majority of guys that play for him can't stand him yeah i mean i don't know if you asked binsky about him but i think he would take a fucking axe to his head (laughs) (laughs) and he played for him for a long ass time too because he had him in columbus also yeah 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 but you know something i really want to ask you also since you know you're very involved in media you have your own podcast no gruffs given you know you have in the past made comments on current nhl games and stuff like that do you think you would have like thrived in today's era of the nhl with media being so relevant and around or are you happy you came up in the era that you played in i mean i who knows you know yeah. like i thought about it a lot over the last couple of years because i've obviously been very opinionated about coronavirus and the vaccines Mm. and Mm. i think the current day nhl player is a little bit of a listen i i I think that it's very surprising to me that not one player over the last two years has stood up and said like what the fuck is happening here and what are they making us do and what are they making us take and this is all a circus and can't anybody see how bad this is and this is like a this is like a psyop Cause I would have loved to have been the one that, that said it, you know, much like we bet how quickly Kyrie Irving, there's a couple of guys in the NFL that, that kind of made a, a stance, but like no one in the NHL ever said anything. No, it's a good point. Not one. Yeah. But Tyler, Tyler Bertuzzi was a little outspoken. I feel yeah. like, I feel like he's the one guy. Well, he did it. It was interesting. And he did it the way that, you know, Steve Eiserman probably, wanted it mm-hmm. done he was just like fuck it i'm not taking it and mm-hmm. i i just won't go to canada i liked how he did it i i would have done it much different where i would have stood on a on a on a milk carton with a megaphone and been like <laughs> do you guys not see what's happening here and why would we take this shit so yeah i mean people might go what is what is sean talking about right now i've been very outspoken about it for the last two years 
for sure. It's all criminal and people are now dying from it. I mean, it's so how many people have died in the last two weeks? I mean, I don't know. Lisa Marie Presley. It's like heart attack, heart attack, heart attack, cardiac arrest. That football player guys out of the hospital already. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shady shit going on right now. Mm -hmm. And it would have been fun to play to, it would have been fun to be on the center stage when so much turmoil was, was surrounding us, you know, Mm -hmm. even from a political standpoint, I I can't stand both parties at this point, but I'm definitely (laughs) more of a, uh, I'm a conservative. I'm, I'm, I'm a conservative, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, makes me a Republican, but our Republicans are just as bad as the Democrats. They're just not smart. Politicians mm-hmm. are not smart. They're not. They're regular people. They're like referees, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. They couldn't become players, so they became a referee. And that's what politics <laughs> Anyone can be a politician. You just have to be a citizen and be able to be a big enough snake, you know, to bring it back. Yeah, I would have loved, <laughs> I would have loved to have, uh, but that's evolution, you know, I think yeah. Yeah. really give a shit about anything outside of playing. So, uh, but also we didn't have anything, any of these external forces trying to like shut our lives down or yeah. right dictate how our lives were lived. I was thinking more along the lines that you would have been like the NHL's Pete Davidson. <laughs> I mean, I was. I just <laughs> just didn't. Uh, these age celebrities are so. Close. I mean, you're a better, you're a way better looking guy than him, but you know. Yeah, yeah. don't don't give him that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to compare you looks wise to Pete Davidson. No, I actually, I actually was. Uh, I used to train with a, a guy that had a gym out here, Gunnar Peterson. He moved mm-hmm. to Nashville a couple months ago, but Pete and. Kim would come in sometimes and work out. And the first time that they were in there working out, I came in and he had his shirt off and I was like, dude, put your fucking shirt on. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh-huh. Did he know you? No, no idea. I mean, really? I think oh my God, that's amazing. He told him he, he knew afterwards because yeah. I told him to put his fucking shirt on and I was disgusted <laughs> by him. Like I looked at <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't yeah. get you're working out with Kim Kardashian she's fucking five foot one she doesn't even look like Kim Kardashian in real life put your fucking shirt on and I went to the bathroom and by the time I came out of the bath the change room changed mm-hmm. yeah he was gone and she was still working out so mm-hmm. he must have I don't know what he did he must have said to her like I'm out of here. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, getting out of here. Whatever. Even it was. Uh, yeah. So that's what you're dealing with a, with a guy like Pete Davidson. Not <laughs> <laughs> oh, where I, I thought we that. were going with this with this uh, but interview, but it, yeah, that's good shit. But it's it's what we wanted. Um, yeah. All right. I guess I guess my last question for you is a fun one here. I need to know about the time you and Brett Hole took weed gummies at his house and what it, unfolded. Yeah, I didn't take them. Um, <laughs> I I had them. And- <laughs> in the fridge and uh we we left them in the fridge and we had a game and we went out and holly came back from the game and he came home and i guess the sweet tooth like was calling calling him and he went into the fridge and he ate one of these cookies and uh 
Man, oh man. I mean, I don't know. Back then they weren't like, you know, now you can walk into a store and say, oh, let's get the mild cookie or the the the, the super potent cookie. <laughs> right, right. Back then there was no in-between. It was like this woman that used to make them on a farm in Sarnia, Ontario that we used to buy them from and they were deadly. Uh, so we came home from after the game and going out that night and whatever went to bed and i got up in the morning i used to always have to start the car and like get the car warm for the king and uh <laughs> uh darcy's wife came down and she's like i don't know what's wrong with brad <laughs> he's been rolling around in the closet all night <laughs> oh my god and uh, I drove the car to practice that day. <laughs> and uh, I had no idea what was going on because whatever. When I got out of practice and it was the, man, I, I can remember that car ride. He was so fucking, he was so waxed. He was so waxed. He was just like twisted still 10 hours later. So high. <laughs> And I got out of practice and my phone, you know, we had cell phones. They weren't like text message cell phones at this point. This is 2002. And I had a bunch of missed calls. And it was my buddy, Will, who uh, went down into the kitchen, into the fridge. And he's like, dude, somebody ate the cookie, one of the cookies. <laughs> and it all <laughs> And I don't think I told Holly for a few years. Um, I just was scared because... Oh man! He had smoked pot for like seventeen years at that point, until he, since he had started playing in the NHL or pro. But he was the most high I've ever seen somebody. Uh, maybe and especially to not know that you're high and be that high. What a terrible trick to play on someone. So that was yeah, a, it's fucked up. <laughs> that was a good one, That's man. Awesome. So I guess my my uh you know final question um you know New York obviously you know Ranger related I know you like lived here and you said your heart was always here right like I don't know if that's still the case now that you're out in LA and you're doing your thing but what what do you miss the most just about you know being an athlete like on the biggest stage you know in the brightest mm -hmm. lights like it's it's got to be such a hard thing to you know find again right like that drug that high that feeling of of being here um no I mean I I don't think that uh... No, I mean, if I'm if I walk the streets of New York, like I definitely don't go unnoticed. You know, yeah. what I mean? my um, buddy actually got me uh, or got you to send me a video once. Like he saw you like on my birthday and you like did a video. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I think what's uh, man, I just hope New York like gets back to to New York. You know, this fucking mayor, mayor, <laughs> and all, all these just jokers running that city into the ground. I mean, that city used to be the thing that you used to love about New York. You would see in videos is the beautiful uh, vignette of cab drivers yelling at each other, right? <laughs> yeah. People yelling at each other on the street. But the moment something popped off, like a mugger, you would get tackled by like 10 different people, you know? The bodega mm -hmm. guy would come out. Uh, somebody would get out of their car. Two of the construction workers from the construction site would be. It would. That was New York, you know. Um, yeah. 
like my favorite movie of all time is 25th hour which i think is spike lee's best movie mm-hmm. yeah it's a great one i hope new york gets that back because that's what that city has been for a hundred years you know mm-hmm. uh longer than that since like mid 1800s gangs of new york um the city's out of control now it's being it's being desecrated <laughs> literally people are shitting and pissing <laughs> all <laughs> so yeah it's crazy you know everything goes in waves you guys were too young to see yeah to really remember when it was great mm-hmm. uh, but it is a great city and and i hope that it finds its way back to that you know we need uh, you back yeah i mean uh, the problem is is well now now i'm see it's two extremes i left because i had to leave because i had mm-hmm. to come California and, and and do the California thing for work but I also I was gonna kill somebody um, <laughs> now I, I come back and like I'm a martial artist now and I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck whether people shoot each other on the corner I'm not I'm, I'm not concerned with it mm-hmm. you wouldn't break out the jujitsu if you saw someone I don't care. I'll, I'll let yeah. them stab each other and shoot each other and burn the place down as long as it's not in my five foot window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna say it's it's it, it definitely was great back in the day. Um, you know, and uh, my my good buddy Paul actually said he uh, I think it was like 2011 or something. He actually ended up spending New Year's with you at Tiny's. He said you were at Tiny's bar like shooting shooting darts or something like that and. Um, you know, he said you were a stand-up guy. Obviously, you are, and you know, we we miss you in New York for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I'll be back at some point. Um, I just hope it gets cleaned up before I come back. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. But <laughs> just um, take out one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll come back and run for mayor. Yeah, I mean, you get a, you get a you know at least a million votes from Ranger fans. That's for sure. I could win the I could win I could win the mayor's race in New York, no problem. <laughs> we'll take well, your word. We'll, uh, we'll add for you, no no problem. Um, yeah. but but Abe's you're you're the man and you yeah. know so greatly appreciated for coming on, obviously. Thanks, guys. Good luck with the show. And uh uh yeah, let's go Rangers, baby. Thanks, Sean. Let's go. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Later. Have a good one. Thank you. We want to thank Sean Avery once again for coming on. Like we both said, like our, one of our favorite players growing up and it was so cool yep. to talk to him and we hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, he was, he was great. And and man, that, that beard, he, he rocks it. He rocks yeah. it. And I'm, I'm definitely uh, super excited for his show lioness by my boy, Taylor Sheridan. For those of you who don't know, Taylor Sheridan created Yellowstone, the, the spinoff Sicario. He's, he's a gem. So I'm sure that show is going to be really good. Um, that being said, Time to go to this week's draft, and we have a really good one. A three-round draft for the top go-to drunk foods. I think I got to go with the obvious one here, and I, I think I think I'm going to go with pizza. Like, there's literally nothing. Oh, do you have, are we doing – let's do specifics. No? I, I mean, we can, but, you know, if you're not in the city, it, it might be tough. But, like, yeah, it's different true. ones. But I'll go with – we could do both. I'll go with pizza, and, and there's nothing like a good old artichoke slice of pizza or just grabbing like one of the dollar slices um you know you're super drunk you're super hungover whatever it is like there's nothing like pizza so 
Dude, I my I'm trying to think of my favorite pizza when I'm drunk. Like the specific spots really get you. Like I mean, I, like I guess Joe's pizza is so good. Um, trying to think what else like Joe's. Street, I mean, Joe's is classic. Trent yeah. Street Pizza, like no matter like what yeah. point you're at, Little Vincent's in Huntington. Like there's so many good drunk pizza spots. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's the basic, and I I don't know if you'll agree with me here because like I think everyone's different when it comes to this, but I I love drunk sushi. Like I am all for. Oh, couldn't disagree more. Like after a day drink, that's your first pick. That's my first pick. Yeah, like and this is disgusting, but it is is disgusting. This is something that I do after like a good Saturday day drink. I typically order this from this place, Mizu M I Z U, and I get a sushi platter for two, and I eat the whole thing to myself. (laughs) Nice, nice. It's Um, disgusting. Yeah, it sounds disgusting. I think next week, no, like the the sushi, it's good. It's disgusting that I do it. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think next week we need to do best hungover food, hangover foods. That's um, too, yeah. 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 All right. For my second pick, this is a tough one, but I'm gonna go Shake Shack. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm gonna go Shake Shack. Nothing like a good, like drunk burger. And Shake Shack over five guys. Yeah. You know, any, any of them, any of the, uh, the burger S shake fries, mm-hmm. all, all the greasy foods. So I might actually go with a Chipotle burrito. Dude, how are you not going with Taco Bell? I don't understand. Taco Bell, Taco Bell isn't like my go-to. It's just the easiest. Like, like it's late. Like, okay, so this whole I think draft stemmed from my 3 a.m. Taco Bell this past weekend, yeah, but it did. but like that's because it was my only option. Like, you know, if this was like three in the afternoon, like I'm getting a Chipotle burrito over ordering Taco Bell. You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but kudos to drunk me because I got home at 3 a.m. and I ordered the Taco Bell. And I set an alarm, and it's still on my phone for three twenty-one because that's when yeah. the food was coming. And typically, I usually don't wake back up for the food. I just fall asleep, and they leave the food at the door, and I don't eat it, and I just waste twenty bucks. But snaps for drunk me for actually waking up and getting the food and eating it and going to bed at like proud, four. Yeah, proud of you. Proud um, of myself. Okay, my last pick, and this is actually like this might be the best one. I'm going with halal guys. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just that's, fucking that, that yeah. just hits the spot every single yeah. time and i think when you take that first bite it's just you know with the white sauce like you're mm-hmm. just you're just in heaven um, yeah all right what's your last pick this might be a sleeper and oh it's only i think in like certain places i don't know have you ever had jimmy john's no okay we're just gonna pretend johnny didn't say Wait, that. have you had, had jimmy john's oh I, well i don't know it's not everywhere but dude jimmy I, john's dude, there's like <laughs> jimmy john's is in like every state ever I don't. I don't think there's any in Long Island, dude. There, there for sure is because because I also haven't seen one in the city. There's definitely a Jimmy Johnson. In the city. I have also Jimmy Johnson Hoboken. There's dude. Jimmy yeah, but they're not everywhere. I've only seen them like really. All right, like how in many other states? Yeah, are you googling this? I'm curious. I have to. I have to. Yeah, Jimmy John. Oh, a trending search is how many Jimmy Johns are there in the U.S. Twenty seven hundred locations across forty three states including new york as one of those states okay. so i stand corrected stands corrected but, but jimmy john's is fucking that's a good amazing. one that's a yeah. good one yeah, and it's I mean, so I mean, quick yeah i mean their sandwiches are crack it's like the uh you know it's it's a major upgrade over subway no slight to subway because i used to love subway back in the day that was like my go-to dude getting like a foot-long subway sandwich and just housing down the whole thing like the meatball subs mm. i was a quiznos guy dude quiznos is good too or you know throwback remember blimpies Oh, I, never, I never had blimpies oh, before your time. Mm. I, I just lived right near Quiznos, so I was at Quiznos. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that being said, uh, you know, last part of today's show, 
dude, we have the Blue Jack. By the time this is recording, Blue Jackets will have been over. Hopefully this game is, you know, an easy win for us. I'm going with 4-1 Rangers. I hope we match that energy. Um, and then just real quick, we have a huge gut test on Thursday against the Bruins. Uh, I I would love, love for this team to just shut Boston up and, and you know, find a way to beat this team. Um, that being said, as much as I want to say the Rangers are going to win this game, and, and we are home, so I, I want to say we'll find a way to win, but I, I'm going to go, and I do think it's going to be competitive. I'm going to go three to two Bruins. How about you for both? Hmm. For Columbus, man, I think they're going to lose both. Oh my God. Don't do I that. think it's three game losing. Well, I, th- I think this stomach bug thing could just, you know, could actually be bigger than it's really been talked about. So I think Columbus could get them like on a back to back kind of feeling sick, you know, um, like I think, I think Columbus wins like three to two Dude, Columbus is, is no, Hor- horrendous. Dude, they are, they are the worst team in the league besides I know, the Blackhawks. But, like, but no way. the Rangers just lost to another horrible team last night. And there's yeah, a stomach, but- stomach bug going on, and Halak's probably starting in this game. I I, I think we're going to smoke him, but um. All right, yeah, I'm saying three bet, two Columbus. I bet Johnny saying- Gaudreau is regretting that decision now. But uh, he actually, I think something came out that he's like he doesn't regret it at all. Oh okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um, and for Boston, I'm going to go five two Bruins. Yikes! That was that was literally that's rude. That was literally the score of the last game. Was it? Yeah, we were. It was three to two. It was really close, and then we pulled the goalie. And did they like score two? I thought, or uh, something like that. Or they scored, and then we pulled the goalie, and then they scored again. I think that you're was probably right. It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that's what I think. All right. Well, I'm a little more optimistic than Johnny here, but uh, anyways, I know this was a little long one today, but we love you guys, and you know, thank you all, and LFGR. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.